0: Hello there! This week, John Yo shares about a book written by Eric Toppel called Deep Medicine. It discusses the intersections of AI and medicine and how it could optimize processes. Follow us through this three-part discussion and summary of the book. This is the final part.
1: Uh okay, chapter nine. This is about AI and health systems. So uh in the context of like palliative care, uh he says that we would be able to better predict when a person would die. And honestly, that's a bit like morbid if you think about it. Yeah. Oh. It's a bit morbid. But yeah, I mean it could be a good help to the hospitals uh, in terms of resource allocation. Yeah. It's just a bit, it's a bit of an like uncomfortable thought to know like when you would die. <laughs> Yeah, but uh so following that point, he says that many like hospital rooms would become obsolete apart from like the ICUs, operating rooms, and the emergency rooms. So like people who are chronically ill, people who occupy the regular hospital rooms would be able to be monitored in their homes. Yeah, I think that's what he's talking about, which is quite cool. Okay, the only thing I'm thinking right now is that. I think they only can predict given the factors that have to be
0: taken account. But then, for example, if let's say they don't, they don't let this guy stay in a clinic. So, okay, I guess if, if they if they allow the patient to stay in a the clinic, then he's sort of uh, uh, devoid of all those uh, external environmental factors. But let's say this guy has been predicted to die in 10 days and this guy just uh, this patient doesn't care about anything, so he just wants, wants to travel in the world. There's a lot. There's a lot more possibilities of him dying from other things. Oh, yeah, yeah, true. So, it's, you cannot control yeah, so- a lot of factors now. Yeah, I think they only can predict given that he stays in the clinic, la, or stays in the hospital. La.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Now I'm just thinking off the top of my head, like statistically is, yeah, I'm very bad at statistics <laughs> at this point in time, but it seems like, <laughs> okay, I know for a fact that given there's a lot of studies in math, like that to to understand randomness, such that some mathematicians would say like randomness isn't really random anymore. Yeah, but then to some extent, I think, uh, it's also not wrong to say that for any given activity you can know the probability of it but then you won't know the exact outcome of it
1: yeah correct correct
0: yeah so I think okay at least I would say I'm quite comfortable to say like a model can predict let's say given 200 patients 200,000 patients that uh, given that they have this certain type of cancer what is their chance of survival at what point stage and from there I can deduce their number of days to death but I won't be so comfortable in saying that this specific guy will die in how many days that one the model must be so so reliable <laughs> to say that I would say
1: oh yeah yeah that's that's true yeah that the model must be super advanced yeah
0: because this model you're saying is that for any given particular person right he will die at yeah. one
1: time, right? wow <laughs> yeah Wait, I'm not, I'm not sure if this... No, I see, I don't think there's such a model yet. Is there? Yeah, the actual timings of that... Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Apparently, there is. Maybe it's written in a bit of a more dramatized, dramatized way. way Maybe it's really dealing with probabilities. I'm, I'm, I don't know how they can deal with uh, absolute like, hard timings. Yeah, uh, the, the way they writes here, the results were quite powerful.
0: More than like 90% of the people predicted to die in the following 3-12 months did so. Maybe they... Their prediction is 3 to 12 months. So that's quite a... Really oh, that's really, quite a big range. La. So it's... Currently Yeah. No, maybe that's the actual range. Like, I, I don't believe they can predict, like, how many specific Okay, needs. Okay, yeah.
1: Then that's more believable. La. <laughs> that one is a bit scary. <laughs> I'll, I'll be quite scared. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Okay, so about the obsolete hospital rooms. um, He says that this is a possible route that we can take. So he cites this example of the Mercy Hospital's virtual care center in St. Louis. Uh so basically there are no beds in this hospital. Um it's the first virtual hospital in the US and it costs a lot of money to build, obviously. So the patients would be in their own bedroom and uh under observation and monitoring, and it's all done remotely. So basically, they have a couple of AI surveillance algorithms that can pick up um a lot of warnings, like maybe like dips in their, their heart rate or something like that. And then this will alert their clinicians mm-hmm. immediately. Yeah, Well you did quite impressive. Eh? two thousand fifteen, eh? and is like quite long
0: ago—six years ago. Wow. So if I'm, if I'm, if I'm, uh, having an emergency
1: and I go see this hospital, they will have something for me. To sleep. Right? <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. okay, okay. Maybe this is not this is not oh, like a um, usual hospital. This is a care center. I guess that makes more sense. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. Mm, yeah, yeah. I think in the context of like palliative care, this makes a lot of sense because you have a lot of elderly, a lot of seniors with uh, chronic illnesses, so, with a lot of... If you build, like, this infrastructure of, like, the AI and the surveillance, they will be able to live more comfortably in their own homes. And they they won't spend their last, like, last years in the hospital. And it makes a big difference. Yeah. Yeah, I, I
0: was thinking, actually, that makes... Uh, it's a very weird case where AI sort of helps in the sociological aspect of it. Mm. I'm not sure whether sociology is the right word, but... Because uh, if you spend your last few years with other people who are spending their last few years or so, it's just like, oh,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just depressing la, basically. <laughs> yeah, it's just mm. very depressing. La. So I think, yeah, this is one instance where AI really helps but not sure. Yeah, I can I, I, yeah, I can, yeah, sort of uh, understand
0: because there's once I think it's actually I did some volunteer work at the, there's some, there's some care centre at, at Changi there near the commando camp. Then it's really just a lot of people just lying on a bed. Mm. Yeah, I just felt so like, oh my god, the vibe man, the vibe was just yeah, like, it's, dead. Or is that the oh. wrong word? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I think was, okay, sorry, the,
1: yeah, but yeah, in, it wasn't quiet. Like we were talking still, but it's just the uh, yeah. Know. Okay, la, But I I do get that it's it's difficult to use this model entirely because there are a lot of seniors that need uh they need constant help with like movement and stuff. Mm, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe robots mm, Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Interesting. Yeah.
0: Okay. Chapter twelve. Whereas oh, yeah, it chapter twelve is the most important chapter.
1: Right? I wouldn't say that but it's okay so chapter 12 okay so I'm skipping a few chapters yeah yeah so chapter 12 is about the virtual medical assistant so um <laughs> okay no the virtual medical assistant is oh, like okay at first in my head I was thinking okay maybe this virtual assistant is the thing that's assisting the doctor to provide like uh, information in real time yeah but then as I yeah. was reading the notes it's it's more like It's more like a a patient-specific device that helps him to... Collect all his data into one one single device, lah.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, wait, sorry. You just realized that chapter twelve is like forward yeah. looking, at right? Oh, actually, wait. When when you first said virtual medical assistant, the first thing I thought of was like, uh, like Siri, series. But actually, this is not really. It doesn't have to be interactive, right? It's more. Of yeah, a, it's not interactive. Throughout the whole life. Actually, maybe I thought about the new methods measure data. What
1: is okay, that? Okay, so uh, there are a lot of uh new wearable technology that has been introduced recently. Mm-hmm. So I guess smartwatches are quite popular, like Apple mm-hmm. watches, Fitbits. Uh all this will help you get like continuous heart rate, uh data, sleep, physical activity, and uh all this can be fed into like yeah, the virtual medical assistant. Yeah. Mm, oh, yeah, okay. then yeah, true. like maybe data from your phone. I, I always thought like the phone is like the, the greatest like data mining device ever because like you have yeah. Actually on that on the note, I've tried I've tried before,
0: you know, like, I tried uh you can you can go to your, your mobile uh the health app, right, and export the data yeah. and you can sort of use it in the code. I've I've done it before, but the one thing that I realized you can't extract is the the time, time the screen time how you spend oh. on your phone. For some reason, they are not releasing the data.
1: But yeah, in order to release your health health data, it's quite easy. You yeah. nice. Okay, this that's not really a lot of. They don't really present a lot of new methods to measure data, <laughs> but I'll just say that your phone has a lot of methods you can do that. Yeah. Um, but in this uh point, I think the author is he's trying to argue that it's very difficult for us to compose what is a holistic view of an individual, yeah, because his whole idea of like this virtual virtual medical assistant is um is something that can tell you like a whole big picture of like this this individual like from start to end, like so it's a continuous like updating it's like a live document kind of thing. Uh, but then it's also difficult for us to uh pinpoint what exactly are the good factors for us to measure. Yeah. So I think you, you briefly mentioned that just now. So I never really thought that as, as a goal, but actually that,
0: that, that is quite ambitious goal, but also a very ideal world to live in when you have a digitized version yeah. of yourself. So, I mean, obviously that person, that, that version won't have a conscience, though, but quite interesting. I think the only limit, limitation that there will be is that there's too much data, too much data yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's where one of my interests comes in, uh, like the optimization. That while, while there's a lot of these uh, applications of what are the ideas are, uh, I should say, ideas, all these ideas, right? But actually, when, when it comes down to actually making those ideas into reality, a lot of the problems uh, become, become optimization problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah yeah because even I can imagine I think if you extract your, your mobile health data now right, for your iPhone it's really gonna be like okay at least mine had like 800,000 data points or like the table was 800,000 oh, okay. long uh. yeah so like then just, that's just from steps and like uh daily step counts heart rate uh, can you imagine every day how many factors are there like heart rate steps uh, water sleep time yeah that's a lot that kind of thing. <laughs> maybe like let's say 30 yeah, let's say like 30, 40 data points or factors, and you times it by how many days you use your phone.
1: Mm, it's a lot.
0: Yeah, it's a lot. So then given, then there's only more help, Imagine imagine your whole body, there's like going to be
1: a lot, a lot of data. Yeah, yeah. Mm, quite interesting. Mm. Okay, I think the last thing he emphasizes is this, uh, okay, he uses this term called the, the interact term. <laughs>
0: interact or, basically or he
1: there? he says that we have a poor understanding of how our body like like the individual systems in our body interacts with each other yeah uh he says that currently we have like a reductionist thinking in medicine so basically like we we kind of like oversimplify uh like the causes and effects that we see yeah i can see mm. that i can see that yeah yeah yeah, then apart from that, there's also another difficult challenge of like incorporating time. Like time factor is quite important here because every individual is growing and uh, changing like constantly. So um, yeah, data collection is a bit difficult.
0: Actually, sorry, now that you say that, right, I'm sort of thinking about the neural networks and the unexplainability part again. Now that I sort of understand more about these neural networks, right? And how uh given any set of pro- like statement or problems that you have, uh, the more complicated one at least, there isn't a very direct answer to what uh you have. So like as a as a doctor, right? I realize actually it might be very I'll be very apprehensive when some some doctors say, Oh, this is the reason why you have cancer, or that kind of thing, or like, this is the reason why you have whatever mm. issue you have. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which and also yeah, I also sort of like throw shit on all those, like let's say you're trying to improve your skin, your skin or whatever, right? Then you ask, like, uh, does ginseng soup uh increase my skin uh, condition, and kind of thing. But no one will ever know, because it's exactly as the same issue as the new network. Like, it's not all based on one factor. Yeah. <laughs> it could be, like, uh, ginseng plus, I don't know, rice that helps, or something like that. Yeah, true. Yeah, that's true. I hope at least by the time you're done with your six years, it's not a, how do I say, uh, Okay, I, I thought, like, IB, IB Bio was, to some extent... To some extent it was quite reductionist. Like it seemed a bit too simple, too, it, it wasn't simple like in terms of like studying it, but in terms of how
1: our body actually operates, it seems a bit too simple. Yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree. It's like a bit too clear cut. Like it shouldn't be so yeah. it's simple, right? A bit too clear cut. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. A bit too clear cut. <laughs> hopefully it isn't la,
1: Right. I mean like we're kind of it's kind yeah, of weird it's yeah, like right. wishing for it to be more complicated but that's us it's just how it is yeah 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 uh, yeah okay yeah. I think we can go to the last chapter <laughs> oh, what it is it okay. oh, wait actually I'm quite interested uh, in the last uh, chapter uh, last, uh, okay so the last chapter he basically okay. talks about the heart like the human touch which I think is his central point um, so I won't go into like the all the usual like uh what affective empathy cognitive empathy stuff I think he talks about that briefly. Um, I'm quite interested in how like uh the way we speak about like patient suffering is important. So okay, uh, if you are familiar with like patients like uh having that have cancer, right? A lot of people who will use like this battle metaphor. So like it's. Not battle, like like war metaphor. So it's like, oh, you're fighting against cancer or you are battling this disease. But actually, this kind of metaphor is actually very like disempowering because uh if he if he doesn't like recover from this illness, you're kind of labeling this guy as like weak because he couldn't fight the disease strong enough. Yeah, you know what I mean? Mm, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, So it's like simple stuff like that that is quite important. So actually, yeah, but actually I always thought that. Whenever someone is battling cancer He's he's not really battling it Yeah Basically basically that's my point As in you cannot do anything about it So you shouldn't say That this guy is fighting it Because like Come on You're just like Pretty much indifferent To whatever's happening
0: Yeah it really is Like, You really don't know what's going on
1: Yeah then yeah, But I I guess the battling Is the emotional part Mm. Yeah yeah correct But it's like so like the words that uh doctors use are very important, basically. Mm, yeah. Then I think okay. like, okay, so recently I also attended like this uh CIP thing. Um yeah. I think one of the professors like shared like a similar thing. So like when we are dealing with uh seniors and like elderly. We should refrain from using like the term as elderly because it comes with like preconceived notions about like people needing help like when you say elderly, like immediately you think of this old and fail like old person that needs your help. but as a matter of fact, a lot of like seniors are actually they're actually more independent than we give them credit for. So when we get rid of like this uh yeah. term of elderly like people right, and instead of think of them as like okay, maybe like seniors are uh, that's like the easiest way i can describe them um immediately uh, you're removing this like mental barrier of like having to help them yeah mm, that's true yeah yeah
0: yeah i, I can imagine myself being the senior that just doesn't want any help
1: <laughs> yeah as in yeah yeah
0: correct uh-huh. but, but that is true so i think uh even in the business world i think having sens- sensitivity to the words are quite important i just so i just saw this tiktok like a few months ago like one month ago where like one of the key things or one of the simple ways to improve uh, people's confidence of you like naturally is stop using the word just so like for example like let's say during a meeting you just say like oh I just want to say that so when you say I just want to say right it, it creates a certain uh, sense of uncertainty like you feel it pious, yeah, quite, quite yeah and I realize like holy shit is. Is somewhat true because sometimes, as a, when I was doing my internship, I I felt like I felt too young. I felt very young. So I when people ask for my feedback because I'm doing some checks like kind or of something, right? So they ask me, "What's my opinion? What's my feedback?" Uh, then I, I use the word just like <laughs> so many times. Eh? Then I realize actually, if you just you stop using the word just, right? People won't question what you are saying. You just like oh, okay, yeah. Oh
1: yeah, that's true. That's true.
0: Yeah, I can't think of any examples now, now, But. Uh... Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty good example already. No.
1: Yeah,
0: I know some people like the add when they add, they just say, I uh, uh, yeah. can't kind of thing, right. But then you can you just say, just, say, the thing, you just yeah. say, Can I add? Yeah, can I add that? Yeah, just say the thing. Then people won't question what you're saying. They really. just like, Yeah. But then when you say, Can I just add, right? It becomes a bit informal, plus uh, people won't see you as like uh, the, the source of soup a source or something like true. that. La. Yeah, sort of truth. <laughs>
1: so well, but so I awful. think it's quite normal because we, we have a tendency to uh, what do you call it uh, you know, we have a tendency to hedge so like especially when we are yeah, yeah. a bit less experienced we feel like we need to be more uh, I'll call it like humble so like you can't like be so like out- upfront with your opinions true
0: but I also realised that as we age right I realised that there isn't there really isn't, isn't a point in time where you think you're the expert. Maybe for the doctors, there is the day when you receive a cert, now, but actually, if you remove that day like, of receiving a cert, right? when will you feel like you're. Like, I can't imagine a doctor coming and telling me that, oh, you know, just uh wash your face every day. Like, I'm like, a dermatologist. It's, uh, he will tell me, wash your face every day. Then they one like, okay, I'll wash my face. like, uh, I have a lot more confidence that washing my face will help my face. But if you just, if you just say, just wash your face, then that change is that tone change or that confidence for the doctor the dermatologist to say like oh not just just right is when he feels like he's a professional hmm. yeah but i feel like no one will even like you, let's say you say like when you're 40 you will feel like a professional right but then when you're really 40 though it's like hmm, i feel like i won't really think like i'm a professional yet there's a
1: yeah, yeah i get you i get you yeah like there's no correct answer to everything la. it's not it's not like a flip of the switch yeah. situation or well. just like you gradually feel more experienced yeah i guess oh. i guess it's also another hedge <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> yeah no it's, it's not that's actually pretty much it of like oh, okay. the book yeah the book huh.
0: okay we have two things to share uh the first one there are two somewhat related but not really related okay the first one is because i watched. have you heard of this company called cambridge and yeah i heard of it yeah the mm. facebook one right okay i didn't really know much about it uh but it is completely unrelated yeah. to the book already but yeah, I'll just share. Uh, I started watching this Netflix series about it. Uh, okay, I didn't really, I haven't really finished it, so I'm not really sure much about it. But I'll just share what I know. So essentially, Cambridge Analytica is uh uh, they sort of use data to help those political scenes la. and and so the 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 very drastic statement that they put out and that is allegedly the truth la, and allegedly true la, that, that shocked me was that they were a company that actually helped donald trump get into his election win the election as well as brexit happened right like, and it's quite quite shocking how they did it because basically they got data from everyone uh from i don't know how lah so i think that's what that's one of the controversial part of it like they access data that they shouldn't have but essentially before like for example when donald trump went out to say his speech right he will be given a certain text or like given certain keywords that uh will attract certain oh. So it's basically a hack really. Like they will study, let's say he's going to like Minnesota for example. Then he will see like what what do the Minnesota people like to hear that kind of thing. Or like what is the topic that is very key to that area. Oh, that's cool. (laughs) He he basically social engineered the whole shit. uh. Yeah, and then even so, it becomes a big question of uh the argument that Cambridge Analytica gave was that it's still voters' rights. That means up in in the very end, they didn't affect. They 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 are not the one they voted. They, they didn't hack anything la. They just let the voters vote, but then they sort of hack their brains in the sense that all they see is like the they sort of plan what Donald Trump will say and everything. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite scary. But okay, I guess this this can be parked under the scary side AI la. But yeah, essentially when you use uh all these data and like you can sort of uh manipulate things naturally mm. okay well, that's a side point but the more interesting part was this part so okay I've been doing this side project where I'm trying to automate research like in general so uh, okay so one one way I one way that so far I've done I've been able to automate research is like you know how like let's say I'm searching a topic like re- researching anything then you know Google have yeah. suggested right so I will extract the first let's say I'm trying to search like uh I don't know what's the the Research uh, like mental health. So like I will extract the the first ten uh links of mental health. But then under those mental health suggestions, because you know when you create a space, then Google will show mm. you the suggestions, right? You will get like uh those ten links for those suggestions, or so. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, yeah. But my my ideal world was to have a let's say I'm trying to search mental health, right? But it will generate with me all the possible like things I'm trying to search about mental health. So like from the word mental health, it will generate like how does mental how does using too much phone affect mental health? Like that's mm. that's a bit extreme, right? But that's my goal, lah. Uh. So I came across this. Uh, okay, I didn't search it directly, but it, I came across it through some YouTube suggestion called GPT three. No, have you heard of it? No, no, right. have you heard of OpenAI? Yeah, yeah, sounds more familiar, right? Is okay. Basically, OpenAI is the company founded by, uh, Elon Musk. Dude, it's crazy. Like it affects everyone. This, this, this is the, I would say when people talk about AI and like all the repercussions and all the negative be right? Like, this thing that OpenAI is doing is the center of it. So yeah. So essentially gpt tree is called uh generative, let me search generative pre-trained transformer tree. So um okay, one of the use cases was it was to produce the, the main use of it was using deep learning to produce human-like text. So I can show you later actually after this call, but essentially when I input any given text, so let's say I type a sentence, it will continue writing for me that sentence. Huh? <laughs> yeah and that is I mean you understand that the computer science is like not random one right so like given that this is able to do it right like generate text understanding your the input text is crazy it's really damn crazy yeah that
1: is crazy Yeah,
0: yeah but beyond that right it has a lot of implications so one of it uh, okay I don't think I can appreciate or you can appreciate it yet but basically you don't have to code anymore so you can just type text like English and it'll code out for you which is is, I think quite crazy but the other implication is like for example law so for law uh, it's able to legalize uh legalized text. So for example, like people who are who can't afford a lawyer, right? They will or can't afford to write legal terms. They will just write legal uh English and then you'll generate a legal text for you. What? Yeah. What's more direct directly applicable to you, I think, is the this for the medicine side. So they fed it a medical question, right? Like let's say a patient A patient going up to him And asking a question The AI was able to understand everything And give a very, very direct response Not only the correct answer to the MCQ But then to a, a reason for why it chose the answer Wow Yeah, I, I can show you I can, maybe you can show a video I can show you a video mm. later But it's crazy Yeah, yeah but it, it's so crazy To that They're not releasing the library yet So the one I'm using is the GPT-2 But the one that they just created last year Was GPT-3 That one is Really quite scary Yeah
1: uh.
0: Yeah, I think it's something that everyone should be aware of at least. Because it's last year, eh? 2019, 2020, start of year, I year. <laughs> yeah, freaking crazy.
1: Okay, what well, is end of it? Wait, yeah, we will just see, see where, where the future brings us. <laughs>
0: yeah, freaking AI. The end of <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, let's, let's hope not. Okay, la, I hope this. Has... Honestly, okay, honestly, I learned quite a lot from this, from this
1: book that you shared. Nice, that's, that's nice to hear. Okay, uh, let's end this. Right, okay, okay. Yeah, see you. Bye.